Okay, and we're back live. <clears throat> Welcome to the AJFL podcast. This is episode number six. I'm Lars, and I'm here with Vera Ortega. Hey, Vera, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Lars? Uh, very good. Drinking some coffee. Just woke up, barely. Uh, <laughs> we'll hope it's going to be a good morning. <laughs> so, Vera, tell me, what's up with you these days? What are you up to? Well, these days, I mean, you know, we're to the end of the semester, so been quite busy with all the final assignments and finals and whatnot mm-hmm. but I have to say I feel really good about the semester it might be the best time managed semester on my part really yeah and I feel like everything just fell in place in a good timeline so I don't feel quite the pressure that I felt before which is good is that because you've been working on the side as well so you've had this pressure of you have to have your stuff sorted on both ends or is it something else no I think that can very well be um, I feel like I realize that I have a lot more going on this semester, and if I don't get into a good scheduled time management sort of mindset, I wasn't going to be able to pull through. But, you know, a lot of that has passed now, and this time I was focusing on school, and I still didn't feel like it was too heavy, you know, maybe because the workload also just decreased in mm. comparison to the beginning of the semester. I think that's really interesting, because I think that's a common common uh, thing I, I've noticed and observed all, all around, not only at Hull, but just all around everywhere. The people with the most stuff going on usually are the most calm people around. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah, seem to be mean. in charge of, they seem to have control. They're like holding the reins over here, over here, everywhere. And they seem to be pretty chilled out and they always seem to be the ones finishing first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but I think it also comes with the fact that those are the people that are dedicated to getting things done. Because I've been there as well, where I don't have as much things going on. Yeah. You know, when I was in, I don't know, some points in my life that I didn't have as much workload as I do now, you get comfortable. And that's when the procrastination monster comes in. And mm-hmm. then you just delay and delay and delay until that deadline comes up. And it's not a nice feeling, the whole, oh, I have to get this done in a couple of hours. <clears throat> that's when the Netflix emails just keep ticking in. And yes. they tell you in the headline, Netflix tonight, question mark, and you're like, yeah, Should I do I? actually have a week until my deadline, so. Exactly, and then you just hit next episode, next episode, and before you know it, you've lost like 10 hours, so. I <laughs> think that has something to do with it. And then you'll be there the day before your deadline, and you'll be like, like, holy shit, I was yeah. supposed to do this a week ago. <laughs> Literally. And I I can tell you, I felt throughout the semester, like, damn, thank you, old me, for getting this done earlier, because mm. now current me doesn't have to worry about it. Exactly. And that's why we can take an hour off during finals week. <laughs> yes, basically, <laughs> to do, yes. To just talk about stuff. Okay, great. So um, what are you doing right now? No, except for school, but you, you work, right? Yes. So I'm... tell me a bit more about that. Sure. I'm currently working at Krasner Capital. As a consulting intern and also on Krasner uh, Consulting. So the thing is that the person I work for has these two sister companies, and mm-hmm. one is a legal firm consultancy uh, company. Sure. And the other one is investment bank. So I work on those two fronts because I did an internship over the summer, and he really wanted to have me rotate and explore my interests, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. The founding partner is. Uh, Nick Krasner mm-hmm. and he's become somewhat of a mentor to me and I've really really learned a lot in my time there okay and by the end of the internship they asked me if I'd be willing to stay on part-time and you know I was over the moon and I really liked working there so I was like of course and that's what I've been doing outside of school work yeah um, and then well you also know 
that I was part of the organizing team for the Vertex Summit. Mm -hmm. yep. It's first edition here at Holt. Yep, we just had Mark on earlier this week. Yeah, exactly. Mark is a co-founder and I worked really closely with him as well um, on organizing the event, mm -hmm. preparing the startup competition, the speakers that came in to speak and all of that good stuff. So that's what took up most of my time during the first part of the semester. Yeah, and and um, so so when you're doing a consulting internship, because um, everyone might not be familiar with with what being a consultant entails. I mean, obviously, consulting is just an umbrella term for. Uh, loads of different functions you can do depending mm -hmm. on the sector you're in. Uh, but for instance, uh, with your background, what do you do if you're a legal consultant? Or, or is that something mm -hmm. you do directly or is it some other type of, of work you do? Well, really that came just because it's the expertise field mm -hmm. that, that Krasner Consulting works in. Sure. So what that means is that they, they are hired for retained searches and legal searches and it's a bit of headhunting, but as well developing strategies okay. for those legal firms that, that hire them. So our sure. clients come to us so that we may advise them on where it's best to do, for example, the next office openings, which markets they should be going into, you know, okay, depending so take, on their clients. Okay, so you'll take, for, yeah, okay. So for example, if you have a, a huge law firm and most of their clients are in real estate or, or something or... Mm -hmm. Could be anything criminal prosecution whatever then you'll do research and you'll figure out okay where's the biggest rise in in real estate yeah. cases uh, in your area or is it something else um it can be a bit of that sure but really it's about you know some law firms are extremely international mm -hmm. some may come from europe or the or america but you know they'll go over to those countries because their clients are all also international sure. and are all over the place. So it's a matter of, for example, is it better for me to go into Brussels and open an office there? Or should I further expand to Asia? Or should I open yet another office in Germany? Mm -hmm. Because depending on the city, especially with the German market, it's very city focused. Yep. Like the most finance work will be in Frankfurt, but the most, you know, um, transportation or, or exports and imports is Hamburg or and depending on the city, you know, the market will vary. Mm -hmm. um, but in other countries, you know, we may say, do I need more presence in France? Should I open an office in Paris or Madrid? So it's a matter of helping them find the best market for them and where their clients are, mm -hmm. as well as the talent and people that are going to make those things happen. So once you have the market selected, you do need a group, a team of people to open the office and run it and everything. And for that, it needs to be key people. So it's mm -hmm. a very targeted legal search of talent to make those strategies happen as well. And you also come in on that side to help them align with the right talents for what they need to do. Yes, a lot of my work, like mm -hmm. what I personally do on a daily basis is research because a lot of the decisions that we take or the strategies that we propose come from, again, heavy expertise on each market yeah. as mm -hmm. well as, Data. yes, exactly. Like a lot, a lot of research yeah. on when I say the market, I mean like both where we should maybe um, consider suggesting office openings as well as the legal talent market that's out there. Mm. Um, it's a very strategic and targeted approach. So towards you're basically, basically you're making a Venn diagram. And yes. you find, okay, here's the, uh, here, a lot of customers are over here, a lot of talents are over here, but they meet in the middle and that's here. Yes, so it's some of that, but then also saying these are, for example, the most talented people out there for 
this particular practice. Mm -hmm. And that's the practice where you should expand on if you want to really compete against your biggest competitors. Okay. You know, so these are the people we should be looking to hire. And then we basically come up with the research mm -hmm. of, of who those people are, why that is, set up, you know, the whole process for them to get in touch and, and see where things go from there. Right, so it's more of a more of a uh, a bit higher up and sort of a business strategy approach rather yes. than a market strategy approach. Exactly okay. for sure. Okay, that's very interesting, and that's for the legal aspect of it. But you also do something for uh, their investment banking part. So what's yes. that about? Is that also more of a research function, or? Well, yes, my my function remains research in the sense that I'm the person that it's a high focus on emerging markets so you really need to dig deep yeah. for where those opportunities are and what for example either are the startups or you know first and early stage businesses that are sort of emerging yeah. um that might be looking for external funding um, and that's where i sort of look into those things and i mean again my boss nick does um point me in the right direction but sure. he, he's really on an approach of taking me to a position where I can look for those things myself where I know what to look for you know mm. but he always gives me feedback on my research like he's highly knowledgeable in everything that I've told you about mm. so he'll know to tell me for example like mm, I see why you could have thought that but you didn't look into this or that you know um, there I feel like I still have a lot to learn yeah. um, so that's something that I'm working on because my interest has always been on more of a consulting aspect of it. Sure. I mean, even here in Holt, I'm part of the HMCC, which yep. is the Management Consulting Club and whatnot, but I've never like, had a chance to explore more on the finance or banking or investment side. Hmm. So that was something really interesting for me. So, so um, you're saying uh, um, uh, startups or companies looking for funding, so are you scoping out these possible VC cases, uh, venture capital cases, or are you on another level in terms of that you're looking for people who want convertible notes from an institution or something like that? Well, is it, different it, it really depends okay. because it's going to depend on where the business is and what sure. they're looking for. Sure. You know, you can't just approach someone and tell them this is what you should be doing. It's mm -hmm. more of like, are you interested in any sort of funding? And then you take the conversation from there. Okay, but are, are you looking for something specific before you go in or are you just uh, finding... Uh, sort of a plethora and then scoping out the best cases between those. It's a bit of that, yes. But okay. um, again, I don't venture that deep into it. I'm, I'm looking more for, you know, whether it's in the news or about the markets or even the governmental sites, mm. how are companies doing and okay, so you're which... mapping the environment. Exactly. I'm mapping out the market so that we have a better insight on what's going on there. Mm. And then, you know, my colleagues take it further. So I do, I do do more work on the consultancy side just because I can get further in that. Sure. Whereas on the investment making side, it's more of a research, mapping out the environment type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Sounds super cool. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm trying to learn as much as I can, but it yeah. is a lot to take in. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ask a lot of questions and whatnot without maybe bothering too much. But I'm really happy that the people that I work with are super open to me asking those questions and helping me out, which is something that, you know, you might not always experience as an intern. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the fact that I am actually putting in some work and, and hopefully value into the company, if you see what I mean. It's not a absolutely intern yeah. position of 
go get my coffee, go print that paper, no. which you <laughs> might get in a lot of big corporations. Exactly. So. exactly. And that's just what I was about to say, because normally when you think of these sort of um, you know, white collar interns, uh, at least in the States or at least in big financial uh, uh, metropolitan areas, you'll be, okay, so you're an intern now, uh, go do a coffee run. Yes. <laughs> and that's your sort job that. for 12 hours a day for the first yeah. three months. You <laughs> yeah. just go get coffees and we can yeah. trust you to get the coffees, right? Then we'll now you're allowed to do scans. You'll, you know, you'll staple the reports and yes. stuff like this. So it's, uh, it's cool that you get the trust uh, straight away to, to sort of get your hands dirty and then roll up your sleeves and, and go do actual work. Um, mm-hmm. When do you think you get that trust so early? Well, it might have you something. Must be doing something, right? <laughs> I hope, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think not every case is as extreme as that. Mm-hmm. But big corporations do have this sort of well-oiled machine running, and any new factor, you know, might change things, and they don't want to risk that. And yeah. it's it's a very different environment than what you see in smaller enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, I wouldn't say it's always an extreme. It might just be that they want to have you as an observer. Mm-hmm. So you first watch, then learn. Yep. But for me and for this case, it's sort of a boutique consultancy firm. Yep. So if they're going to have me there, it's to do something. They wouldn't have any sort of extra person around just for the sake of it. They can't afford it. Well, yeah, not necessarily that because they might be hugely profitable, but it's not their approach. Mm-hmm. And also, I sit very closely to the people I work with. So in that sense, it's a very collaborative process and not necessarily this department and this department and this department because they heavily depend on my research maybe to, you know, provide the the market research to the client to justify why they're even giving that strategy. So they not only want to make sure that I provide quality work, which takes time and training and practice, so they prefer to meet for me to get right on it, you know? That doesn't mean they used what I did from the very beginning. It just means that they were prepping me so that at some point I may pr- produce the proper research and documentation so that they may rely on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's also, I mean, uh, when I say also, when I say that they don't, when I when they can't afford it, I'm not talking purely monetary because obviously no, yeah, you course. can afford, afford to have an intern in the UK because you can just pay minimum wage if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are enough students looking for jobs or people in general, but yeah. I think what I mean is that when you're a boutique firm, uh, you have limited time resource because you're yes. not that many people there. How many people are there? Maybe 10, 15 or something? Yes. So it's and if you're gonna have two partners look out for an intern for six months, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just not a wise. You <clears throat> That's know, not really a good time. investment because you don't have time to have someone just observing or looking exactly. around. You need someone who already rolled their sleeves up walking mm-hmm. in the door the first day, and they're okay. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to fail, but I'm ready to learn and yes. adapt quickly uh, yeah and, and i think that that might have been something that they spotted during the internship and that's why they thought okay this is someone we can continue to work with yeah but again in big corporations they might have a whole department dedicated to human resources and then yeah. for some of them i dare say it's more of a social community aspect that they want to develop in the sense of ah look at us we reach out to students so that they may have experience early on but it's not really that they might need interns, you know? Mm -hmm. If anything, trainees, which might be a different thing, would be the people that they're looking towards maybe instating later on as full-time employees. Um, Developing, rather. Exactly, so those are the people they invest real money and time in Mm. because they might come to the company later on. Mm. But some interns might not even see, you know, first round of interviews or whatnot. 
I mean, it depends, of course. I'm not generalizing. Sure, sure. But, but I think we can draw some conclusions just based, yeah, on, based on what we see and what we do know. And I think you're onto something interesting because uh, I do believe that a lot of big corporations have these, you know, internship intakes just to sort of be recognized by different institutions and, and universities around the world as, oh, if I'm really good, I can go here too. Yeah. So they're sort of, it's like a huge PR campaign. I think they're running most of the time. That's what I mean, yeah. Um, and it is interesting as well because you'll see uh, brilliant people uh, having internships in, in very, very good corporations, huge companies, but they, and they might produce good stuff, but it won't be implemented. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's something... That's something very contrasting to when you're in your position and when you're in a boutique firm because you're making good stuff and they'll take it and they'll, oh, shit, you made some good stuff. And they'll Why should we use it, of course? Yes, <laughs> exactly. of course. So I think that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. Um, and I do actually also believe that, uh, well, actually, let me get back to you. So how do you get the internship in the first place? Because I bet there's a lot of people out there who will be like, okay, I want to do what Vera's doing. <laughs> I mean, how do I start? <laughs> it was a big stroke of luck. Okay. And then also good preparation and timing. So it wasn't luck. Well, some <laughs> might argue, but once you hear the story, you might realize why I say so. Okay. And the hear. thing is that um, where I used to live previously, um, it's super nearby the uni, right? So one day sure. I'm just, I walk out of uni. It was actually, I remember it was midterms season, let's say. Okay. And as I was walking back, there's this man walking in front of me and, you know, he goes into my building mm-hmm. and then like, I go into my building and then he's like, are you following me? And I was like, no, 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 I live here. I swear, I live here. And then we get on the (laughs) elevator and he goes out on the second floor and then I go out after him and he's like, are you sure you're not following me? And you know, we just started speaking basically because um, he realized that I came out of Holt and you know, he always walks past there to get to work actually. Sure. And the person that I'm talking about is Nick. Uh-huh. So that's my boss. Okay. <laughs> and we started talking in the hallway. So he was like, oh, so you're a business student, I imagine, since I saw you walk out of Holt. And I was like, yeah, I'm a business student. And um, I got here, you know, a year or so ago, yeah. less. Um, and then he, he was basically saying, ah, oh, you know, I always walk past there because I'm interested in, in uh, hiring an intern. Uh-huh. But I've never dared to just come in and maybe ask, ask you know? <laughs> sure. it's, it's a bit of a weird position and I was like oh no yeah I can totally understand and I, I, you know during this time I'm thinking like he doesn't know I'm a fresher he doesn't know that I've actually not done anything in terms of what he was doing by the sure. time he had already talked to me about his businesses um, but he was like no I'm just looking for someone that's like highly dedicated highly working and willing to put in the time and work mm-hmm. and I was like oh in that case you know that, that can't be me <laughs> oh that's me <laughs> yeah and no he was like also joking that the, just by the fact that he saw me walk out of uni at like 10 p.m., he could tell that I was like, you know, I was like, well, it's midterms. This was an early night for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it was. You can see why I mean luck. Like it was almost perfectly timed uh-huh. for us to meet at the elevator. Otherwise, I might not have ever met him. Sure, I um, I love those stories. Yeah, those it's stories. it's so one of those. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for an internship in London, what you have to do is just stalk your uh, yeah your neighbors. <laughs> Or your neighbors. Yeah. Oh, so he was living in the same building as well. Yes, exactly. Oh, so that's why okay. like we actually met and So you're actually neighbors. Literally neighbors. Yeah, not anymore, we were, but we were. Or, we were. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. um, you know, by this point he didn't just go, I'll hire you, obviously. No. I that's when the time and preparation came in. Yeah. Um So he gave you an interview after you talked. He told me to send him my C V. Okay. And my LinkedIn profile. Okay. And from there he would kind of evaluate, you know. Sure. 
Um, and then from that I had like an interview and then I, I had a second, I don't know whether to call it an interview honestly because it was more of I met my colleagues and they spoke with me. Mm. I think he might have wanted to test the synergies between us whether it so would have like, been uh, a good, good fit. Bring it to the office sort of, yes. scope out the social interaction. Exactly, okay. exactly. Um, which I think was, was really cool because you could tell that he's very invested in the high functionality of his team and that includes a good working environment. Yep. So, you know, at this point I, I go in, in my house and I'm like, okay, LinkedIn profile, let me, you know, oomph this thing up, <laughs> like make it sure that it's all there, all mm. nice and tidy. Yep. And same thing with my CV and I send it to him as soon as possible. I wanted basically him to see that I was highly interested and that I wasn't going to procrastinate or delay on that. Mm -hmm. um, I think in that sense, good impressions always count. So yeah. I tried to do that. And then we set up for the interview and things went from there. So um, when the semester was over, I went home for a little bit and came back for my six-week internship. Six weeks? Yes. Okay. Full time. During your internship, did you do the same things as you're doing now? Or was it something a bit more menial and introductory? I do feel like there was a point where things scaled up a bit. Sure. So at the beginning, I was doing very different tasks that I'm doing now. It was maybe a bit more simple or monotonous or whatnot, just because I think they were trying to see where I stood mm -hmm. um, in terms of skills and, well, soft skills and whatnot. And then more and more things were given to me more also liberty in, in what I wrote or not because um, they also prepare for themselves sort of market updates that they post yep. on their social media and that sort of thing. So, so it's a natural progression of, of exactly. responsibility because you yes. showed effort and you were dedicated. Yes. It was a very much, let's see how, how much effort you put into that and with that, we'll put more trust into you. Hmm. So it's yes. a mutual relationship, basically. Yeah, yeah. Quid, pro, uh, quid pro pro. Yeah, but I... I I think that's the best way to work yep. because I'm highly motivated to prove mm -hmm. myself every day. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, I mean, not always happy with the results, but mostly happy with the work. Because yep. when, whatever feedback they would give me, I would try to instate and take it from there. Sure. It's all about iteration. I mean, you, yes. you have to fail on your way to, uh, yeah, to yeah. become and, better. And they were very understanding of that and also with my studies, my you know, in terms of time, mm -hmm. um, there's a certain flexibility that I, I'm also very lucky to have compared to other internships, perhaps. Yeah. Where if I work part-time, I might not have the freedom to say, hey, I have this huge final. Can I come in tomorrow after the test instead of today? Yeah. That sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and what do you think, um, if you're thinking back to, um, to this uh, moment when you were uh, stalking your body, <laughs> or at least uh, walking with your neighbor home, perhaps, mm -hmm. rather, um, what do you think uh, was the uh, was the skills or the skill set or the, the most important skill you had that prepared you to be ready for this opportunity? You mean in terms of having a conversation with him then and there? Or? No, I mean, uh, well, yeah, probably that as well, even though, I mean, that might just be a sociable thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, going into a position like this mm -hmm. with no prior experience in that field, uh, what do you think as, think of as the most important skill that sort of uh, enabled you to do that? I'd say, well, before talking about the skills, sure. I, I would say the will, the sort of hunger to learn and gain work experience, mm. and the attitude of I'll do whatever it takes to make you happy in terms of the work I'm doing. Yeah. And then in, for the skills, I have to say I, I come from a very good high school. Mm -hmm. um, 
And they've taught me so many things that I see people only learning maybe now at a university level, okay. um, which makes me feel very grateful to my parents for choosing that high school for me and to all my teachers because they've taught me to be professional from very early on. Yeah. They've taught me some of what I felt were basic skills that I realized it, they were basic because of the high school I came in and everyone in my high school would have to learn them, yeah. but they might not be as clear or, or obvious or evident if okay. you don't come from that high school. You know, and it's hard to see when your entire environment revolves around that. Yeah. So that's something that helped me a lot. Like even technical skills such as whether it's like Excel, Word or whatnot, yeah. that I can basically make anything look like I want it to look. Anything mm -hmm. to, in to self-calculate the way it should and that sort of thing for preparing documentations. Like representation of data. Yes, exactly. Which is, you know, a big part of what I'm doing now. Yeah. But then also how to do research, how yeah. to get um, a very, very reliable sources and not the iffy internet sources that some people may stumble upon. Mm -hmm. There's some, I don't know if I should call them maybe tips to, to getting to those much quicker mm -hmm. and knowing that they're reliable. And um, so that's in terms of, you know, the research and the data, mm -hmm. but then again, also in just matters of public speaking or presenting skills or all of those things, writing skills as well, yeah. because The, what I write in my, whether it's the LinkedIn profile or the CV, that would have had an impact in whether Nick offered me the internship or not, offered me the interview or not. Because mm. it is actually how, I mean, it, it is how you are able to articulate why you have value, yes, I guess. Exactly. And in, in a big sense, that's your own brand image. Yeah. And if you have no awareness of it and no tools or skills to develop it, it might fail you when you need it the most. So at that point... I needed my brand image, my personal brand image, yep. to be very tidy and up, not up to the, to the sort of challenge, you know? Yep. In the sense of, I needed someone like him to be able to look at it and be like, yes, I trust that this person can do a good job. Yeah. So I think that, that really helped me. All those skills in general put together towards creating this personal image of yeah. myself and in the face of others. So basically this has been, um, <clears throat> again, we're talking about the national, na natural progression from many years ago mm -hmm. leading up to this moment and it enabled you to be ready when an opportunity knocked on the door exactly. and then you were ready to answer. Um, and you talked about high school, brings me to another interesting point I want to ask you about. So why business? How do you go, go into business? When did it start? Go all the way back. When did it start? When did you know? I mean, I don't have to go that much back because really it was one of the last things I sort of realized. Okay. You know, I spent most of my high school thinking I would have gone into medicine because mm -hmm. I was really into science and anatomy and that sort of thing. Um, and I did do biology in high school and I took even like intro to medicine courses and that sort of electives. Mm -hmm. So everything was pointing towards that, you know, and in, in my family, there's a couple of doctors as well. And it just felt like why you to do it? the right thing. Not really. My family is very open and liberal in terms of your own personal choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say there's a lot of doctors, we're a very big family. So there's also, you know, lots of architects. There's lots of, sure. yeah. So it's more of a, a, maybe I did have some sort of influence, mm -hmm. but I also very much enjoyed as a subject all these things that I'm mentioning, you know, some, anatomy, some biology, medicine, or, yeah. a lot of curiosity, really. Yeah. So it, it did seem like that was, would be the interesting thing for me. Mm. But the closer I got to graduation day, um, then I started having this, like, big, big interest for cinematography. Okay. 
And as you can see, those are very different <laughs> things, very different extremes. And I mean, if I go further back, my childhood dream was to be an astronaut. So you can see how there's no constant in this. I wanted, I wanted that too. In this travesty. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people want Yeah, but you know, some people are like, oh, I want to be a princess. Like, how? I was like, no, I want to work for NASA and like go to the moon and that sort of thing. But you know, we're not too far away. I, I mean, no, I think commercial trips are coming soon. But um, in any case, it, I did take like this huge ups and downs and mm -hmm. different really different industries and sectors mm. and then at some point i realized what i need is a career that will allow me to have this flexibility mm. because i'm a person that i can't be too static i can't stay somewhere too long or i might get bored and by that i don't mean that i can't stay in one company no you know but if i stay if i'm in one company where i'm happy and i'm doing diverse work and i can sort of tap into different industries you can't bookkeep for 12 hours a day five days a week for the next 20 years yeah and if, if I have a chance to, to do it the way that, that I'm telling you, you know, to have yeah. sort of control over where you work or, or depending on your client, your industry might change entirely, you know, that is something I'd be happy with. So I realized that the only thing that could give me that much freedom was business because essentially business can take you anywhere. Yeah. And I've learned that even more coming to hold. Mm. Um, so I really wanted to have my doors open wide horizons and in the sense that I can really go into anything I want after this. So you wanted to build sort of a platform, a foundational platform of, you know, core skills Yes. that you can branch out. And that I can basically put anywhere I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested in for the time so being. Basically you wanted to make the trunk of a tree. Yes. And then, and then branch out wherever. Yes. And I think I've learned even more, as I said, being here in Holt, for example, things like societal entrepreneurship, that's something I didn't think of before. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of causes that I would really like to support, but I didn't see the way before, and now it's so clear. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even with consultancy, that's something I didn't consider before, no. before coming here. And then I got involved in the HFCC, mm. and then I got this internship, and the more I learn of it, the more I like it, and the more I see that I could fit in that industry very well. Yeah. Because although in this particular internship, it's more working with legal firms, I mean, I also did the Mercer Challenge with the HMCC, and they might work with all sorts of clients yeah. in HR because that's their field of expertise. But still, depending on the client, that may change. What they're looking for may change. So I feel like it's much, much more interesting, and, and that's one of the main reasons why I chose business. Cool. And I, I think it's an interesting point you point there as well because um, going back to this trunk of the tree, um, Essentially, at least if we're going to relate it to consulting, that trunk you need, or let's say that business as a whole is the trunk, mm -hmm. and then you build, you branch out, and that would be sort of consulting. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the thick part of the branch would be the core skills needed for consulting, and one of them is being able to do research. Mm -hmm. Another one is strategic uh, thinking. thinking, I mean, analyzing. just analyzing the environment and so on and so forth. Uh, and the third one would be sort of the presentation or representation skills mm -hmm. where you seem pretty covered already. But if you were to progress even further and if we're taking uh, our scope and uh, directing it from your past into the future, where do you see yourself going? Do you have any ideas or any plans or are you sort of just going with the flow? <laughs> well, to be honest, I like everything I do and I've learned to do. Mm -hmm. I make decisions based on heavy research mm -hmm. what do I mean I might sound like a bit of a geek here because I am a bit of a geek but I'm a geek too. I like to make <laughs> informed alert. decisions yes I, I just I, the, I feel the most confident when I'm making informed decisions yeah and I'm the type of person that if I don't know something you're asking me I'm I will tell you I don't know but let me get back to you on that mm -hmm. google it 
And if I understand it, I'll attempt to explain it. Mm. But I will not really take on, you know, sort of the question mm. without having some, some solid basic knowledge on it. Mm. So with that being said, right now, I'm in a very much exploratory stage of yeah. I want to look into consultancy, but perhaps I've also thought of event management mm. because I realized by organizing the Vertex that that's something that, A, I have a lot of transferable skills, mm that I could actually use from what I've learned in the internship and throughout my life mm. that I could apply into this. Mm. And it's something that, you know, proves successful. So I feel like I owe it to myself to explore further in that. Sure. And then lastly, you know, when I consider, for example, whether I want to go back home or not, there's certain industries there that have so much opportunity. Um, and then that's something that I would be, I would like to look into as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news is that I still have a bit of time. And with every year, I'll be taking on new internships mm. that will allow me to explore those areas. Mm. And even, even though it may be, let's say, close to graduation, I don't mind because what I want is to be as sure as I can possibly be yeah. and then sort of begin my journey. Okay. But for me also, because of the way my parents fixed me, and I just last comment on that, <laughs> raised me. <laughs> I mean, they, they've always told me, you know what? You want to go with business? Go with business. If that's not what you're looking for, look into what else, you know, always what else, or if not this, then what? So I really have no fear in terms of starting something that might not be the thing for me, because the moment I realize that, would I rather stick it out for the rest of my life or just hop over to the next thing and see whether that is where I'm best at, you know, whether that is what would make me happiest and the people around me happiest whether that's where I could add more value to a company or, or create my own company. So I really, I really like your, uh, your attitude toward it because it, it reminds me of, uh, and this is uh, <laughs> many years ago now, but it was my first, uh, one of my first jobs. And I remember the CEO of the company, he came up to me because um, I had just been knocking out 16 hour days because I was so, uh, I was so excited that I was learning mm-hmm. so much stuff. And he was like, the most important thing you do in your first six months Imagine this, and he gave me a, uh, an analogy. So he was saying, you're a sponge, you're a sponge. And what you need to do is just jump into the water. You just need to soak up all the knowledge you can from around you and figure out what's happening, how do I do this, what is this thing, all those sort of things, sort of, yeah, just sucking everything up. And it sounds like you're trying to do the same thing or have been trying to do that for as long as you... Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as, long as I can remember. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a spirit, spirit of curiosity, which is also, it sounds like, it sounds like you're describing a, sort of an entrepreneurial character. Have you ever considered going into entrepreneurship? Yes. I mean, that is, I would say, one of the other fields that I've been interested in. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, one of that is societal entrepreneurship, yeah. but also just a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been working on a business plan for that. Mm-hmm. I was actually considering applying to the whole founders lab myself. You need to talk to me then. Next semester, <laughs> yes. I'm glad we're already in touch with this. Um, but yeah, that's something that I think also during my time in Holt, it would be a very good opportunity to exploit all the tools and resources that Holt has mm. to support you know startups. And, and even this incubator of Holt Founders Lab is yep. just a huge advancement to taking an idea from conceptualization to maybe even a tangible at least first viable product. Mm. So um, that is another opportunity that I will for sure try to use and, and soak up all the knowledge I can yeah. from the people there because I know, you know, I know that you're there, but I also know a lot of other people who have gone either through the, the mm. incubator or are currently there. And it's just 
a great opportunity to meet like-minded people. Mm. And you never know, you know, what sort of relationships you can make there of, of people who are interested in the same things you're interested in yeah. and where that can take you both together. <clears throat> exactly. And I think um, it's such a great, um, I think it's such a great metaphor for what the Founders Lab is or, or uh, other, maybe some other incubators as well. But at least for the whole Founders Lab, the, the great thing is that you come in with an idea and you might not even know exactly what the idea is. You just know that you have some sort of goal. You have some intangible thing in your mind. Yes. You might have a draft of a business plan or you might at least you know like what you want it to be, but you don't know how to get there. Exactly. And then you come into the Founders Lab and it's just uh, about it being an environment. It's like having, uh, you know, one of those uh, things walking that's walking. Stings, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I don't even know what it's called, but you know, old people have these walking things. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, um, the whole Founders Lab being a crutch for you, mm. something you can lean on for support and help yes. and we want to help you mold your idea your spark of imagination we want to help you mold it we don't want to mold it for you that's no. not our job our job is to give you the tools we want to give you the spinning disc so you can mold the sort of the the, yeah, the, the clay the, pot the piece you of know? art yourself exactly yes, and no, then um, sort of getting you from as you said getting you from the idea stage into uh, MEP, POC, go to market, anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's great. And I think also if you're, uh, as you're saying, you're so much into uh, this sort of hands-on thing where you, you're creating stuff or, or, or where you're so curious, you want to do so many different things. And I think entrepreneurship definitely is, is somewhere yeah, for sure. uh, you'd be engaged on multiple fronts because you will be doing a lot of stuff alone yeah. <laughs> or with someone else and in mm -hmm. a small team and you'll be doing the marketing, you'll be doing the management, you'll do the strategy, you'll do the HR, the recruiting, the research, everything. So if you yeah. like being, uh, if then you like being in total war, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the way to go. Yeah. And I mean, also with the whole founders lab, the good thing is that, you know, we're currently doing a bachelor in business. Yeah. So it's almost like taking all this knowledge that we're being taught. Mm. And even though we do also apply it in practice through a lot of the courses, like yeah. I've had a lot of clients come in for us to do mock consultancy for the marketing class. So we would provide a marketing strategy or, you know, whatever the case may be, mm. you can also take it to the whole founders lab and apply to your own idea. Yeah. And then out of there, you can evaluate, you know, without having to invest anything or without having to involve anyone else, you get all this instant feedback from all these people who have mm. great knowledge on it or experience mm. on it. Um, and from there, your idea can either change and evolve and develop, or you may even start with a whole new idea. So it's this environment of let's, let's create. Mm. Um, but then also, I feel like with something like the whole Founders Lab, you feel much more motivated to start. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, a startup is something that has no deadline. You know, it's yeah. not like an assignment. It's not like a no. test. It's not like your work where you have to do this and this by this and that. But... It's something that you want to do at some point. And then before you know it, if you wait on it, you might be sitting on your idea for, you know, four or five years. But with the whole Founders Lab, it's very much incentivizing you and motivating you towards getting that done because it's not as hard as you may think. No. And it's all about uh, you have a devil on your shoulder and he's just going, yeah, you know, just keep it in your head. We don't want to see if it fails or not because we mm -hmm. think it's a good idea right now. And then you have the other guy on your shoulder yelling like, 
the deadline was yesterday. <laughs> you have to do it now. Yes. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think now is such a great time. And when I say now, I mean in the sense that if you're a student or if you're anything, um, now is such a great time when you have these great tools around you to, to uh, and this is for everyone listening as well, but to go out there and give it a shot. Because mm -hmm. you are, and at least in this day and age, in London or wherever you are, in San Fran, Boston, wherever, um, there's so much... Uh, there's so much to gain and there's very little you have to put on the line because what what, what does it cost to open the company in the uk i think it's 18 pounds to, yeah, register, uh, to register an llc it's really like a mental <laughs> barrier that people have it's exactly about, and, yeah. and even if you want even if you have a tech idea or if you have something else you can make a minimum viable product for zero pounds yeah. with the right tools and that's the sort of tools you get access to when you're surrounding yourself with people who have been through all the mm -hmm. all the steps and you have made all the mistakes before trust me we've made mistakes yeah. uh, but that also taught us uh, taught us what to do and how to do it differently and that means that we can relay that information to other people as well yes that's so a, you're getting that's years of experience for free yeah that, that's another good point that um, I think you just mentioned that's important to highlight and is the knowledge retention. Mm. You know, if you have one person that goes through Walt that has their startup but doesn't go in through the whole founder's lab, yep. neither that can they take knowledge and information from the whole founder's lab, nor can the whole founder's lab learn from them. So mm. I think it's a very, very productive hub mm. of people sharing knowledge, information, tools, mm. so that they may all advance together. Exactly. And that's a bit of also what the Vertex tried to do, you know, by bringing in speakers or founders that have all this experience mm. that could tell you about their mistakes. So you may know what to watch out for or, or you know, learn from them before you have to go through them yourself. Exactly. Or even hearing about all the crazy new startups that are out there through the startup competition. You know, it's a, it's a way of saying no matter how crazy you think your idea may be, for sure there's people out there waiting for it. Mm -hmm. So I really like, I do love that type of environment where yeah. everything just feels like, and I'm not saying that, you know, reality is harsh, but when oh, you have absolutely. that type of support and that sort of motivation, hardly anything can bring you down and hardly yeah. any obstacle seems that big. That's exactly it. And I think that's a good, uh, good final note as well. And, and just before I go into that, um, and if you're not going into startup or if you're not going into entrepreneurship, this sort of um, community where you can ask for help, that's typically the case in most businesses as well if you're just working there. Or, I mean, not just, but if you're working in a corporation, that's usually the case as well. And more often than not, the people around you, even if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an intern, if you're a trainee, if you're an executive, people around you want to help you more yeah. often than not. And it's very, very rare that people want to bring you down, yeah. at least if you're genuinely asking for their help. Um, and also, I think... Um, that uh, I actually lost my train of thought uh, because I went on too big of a tangent. But... <laughs> no, but I mean, on that topic, you yeah. know, in a company, everyone is headed towards the same goal. Mm. So to me, it's almost unnatural to not want the person next to you to succeed. Yeah. And, and it's funny because sometimes people hear joke around like, ah, you're trying to beat out the competition, huh? Mm. Referring to each other. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't see you as my competition. And not in a, you know, oh, you're not my competition type of way. In more of a, why do we need to compete when we can just help each other and then make both of ours successful? Like, I do believe that there's enough room for anyone who is willing. Yeah. And by willing, I mean has both the motivation and dedication and is willing to put in the time and effort. Mm. 
to succeed. Absolutely. You know? I'm uh, not gonna I'm not gonna help someone who doesn't <laughs> want help. No. Or you know who's not seeking to sort of get somewhere. But if you are, then by all means, I I I'm open to anything. And I, actually, <laughs> that's that's funny as well because I remember being in corporate myself and. Yeah, I wanted to beat everyone on my team, but still I wanted my team to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if your team is your business, there you go. Yeah, you want win, you're you gonna want win together. Exactly. exactly. And that brings me back, I just uh, regained my my, uh, my train of thought. So uh, on the topic of, of you know, uh, using other people as support or crutches and, and absorbing all the experience, and that's been the common theme here for the last 20 minutes, is that taking in lots of knowledge and taking in experience from other people, asking for help, all these sort of things. Yes, that can help you a great deal. But to go back to what you said before, you have to put in the work. But if you have the motivation, that's not a problem. And let me tell you, having been uh, an entrepreneur for the past 18 months now, without any side gig, (laughs) uh, it sucks. It is hard. It's the hardest work you'll ever do. And you work 18, 16, 23 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you're all, you always have to be ready. You always have to be ready to catch those opportunities when they get thrown at you. You always have to seek uh, the hard times. Yeah. Uh, and it's super hard, but I've never been less tired from work than I yeah. am right now. And that's sort of, that's, that's what people have to, uh, have to comprehend is that, yeah, it sounds intimidating to work 120 hours a week. And it's not every week, by the way, because yeah. I die. But, you know, 100 hour weeks, 80 hour weeks. Yeah, it doesn't matter because you're yeah. doing what you love. It's, it's like, your passion. Yeah. What, <clears throat> if you relate this to you now, I mean, okay, what do you love most in the world? If it's playing video games or football or, you know, hiking, whatever. Yeah, it's like doing that all day, every yeah. day. I mean, I, <laughs> that reminds me of this quote I heard, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember the author, but um, he said, my work begins where my job ends, mm. you know? So it's not about what you do as a job. It's about your meaningful work. And then again, what that work means to you. So if for you, that startup is going to be your meaningful work, it's not going to feel like work. Or better say, it's not going to feel like your job. No. Because it's what you enjoy doing and you want to see it come out successfully. Um, We like to refer to the Vertex actually as the baby. Mm. You know, then the founder were the parents and all of us in the team were like the uncles (laughs) and aunts. And essentially, everything we did was we want, you know, it sounds weird, but this baby to thrive and you know it's it's more in the sense of parents don't have a schedule mm. it's not start at nine finish at five it's really something that requires time at any time yep. and most of all your dedication and, and you not giving up on it as well so I think and it's actually interesting because I did um my final presentation mm. for business Com <laughs> yeah. was about this topic and cool. I, what I said is my through line was or, or takeaway was hard work beats natural talent if natural talent fails to work hard so for me hard-working people will always get the furthest I mean successful people may not always be the brightest or the most talented but they're never lazy and that's something that has taken me through a lot of things in my life where I think mm, maybe I just wasn't born to do this or maybe I, I shouldn't try that because I'm not naturally good at it or you know, that sort of thing where people tell you, oh, do what you do best. I'm like, no, screw that. Do what you want to do and work at being the best. Because if you put in the time and effort, you will get there. And you might not get there at the same pace as others, but you will get there. And that's, that is your goal. So that's why I don't look at others as my competition. Because 
I'm highly motivated myself to get where I need to get. And if looking at others is going to put me down because they're naturally good at it or because they got there faster, then I'm not doing myself any favors either. So it's more of a matter of where do you want to get and what do you have to do to, to get there? I think we'll end it there. Great, <laughs> great note to end on. Uh, perfect. Thank you very much for coming on, Vera. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been the whole Founders Lab podcast and tune in for our next episode coming soon. Thank you very much, Vera. Sure.